This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds! Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars and MCU nerds out there. I'm Joanna Prius Prime Krupnik. And I'm Brian Abamaste Plofsky. And we're so happy you could point out all of my obvious flaws, which is my mom's job to be with us today. Because today in the Nerdverse, we are learning the plan and going on a dating montage to give you our immediate reactions to Episode 7 of She-Hulk and Episode 4 of Andor, both on Disney+. Plus. Some housekeeping. Be sure to head to the feed and check out all of our past episodes, where we have been covering every single episode of She-Hulk and Andor so far. And that's not all. We've been covering House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power every week as well. All can be found on our feed. Now, listen, you may be thinking, how can you keep all of... Uh, how, how, how... Listen, I, you, yeah, I can't keep up with all of it. Like, I can't even read this thing. Like, I listen, I love all these shows. I can't wait for some of them to end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, for you to keep up, you can absolutely keep up, keep up by subscribing to The Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. But first, as we start all of our episodes, this is your spoiler alert alert. This is your spoiler alert alert. We will be spoiling tons of things from She-Hulk, Rogue One, Star Wars. I don't even know if we're going to get into some of the spoilers, but this is your spoiler alert alert. So now let's head into... Nerdverse Customs. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm gonna see the world. Let me see your identification. This week, we're headed into the Star Wars and MCU sectors of the Nerdverse. Uh, I am gonna give you my MCU passport first. Thank that you. That will be um, an eight yurts for me. Sweaty yurts. Sweaty yurts. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm nine uh i'm gonna i will be nine prius primes yeah that's a good car um and then my star wars passport will be seven blue kyber crystals oh that's good uh i'm gonna go with nine uh fun little models fun little heist models oh yeah good i love a good heist model like a lot I have to say they they're working with with what they've got and it's really good. I'm like, who's doing the woodwork on this uh, this like Icelandic? No, it's not like Iceland. It's like yeah, it's kind of Icelandic like or countryside even, or even like Scottish or Irish countryside. Yeah, it's just that their clothes are kind of nor. Like Norse a little bit. That's why I was making Scandinavian. They're a little sure, Scandy. Sure. You know what? Let's so. let's let's just jump right into Andor since we're already interested in their clothing and how they're <laughs> representing their heist. Well, I am anyway. No, no, I started it. So okay, let's go Andor. Um yeah, what'd you think of episode four, Joanna? 
So also like how did you like yeah. having only one and not like the three combined like we talked about last week? Well, it was terrible just to have one. I mean, I I would start <laughs> off by saying that the way that they ended the first three, I was like I hope they don't end it as like sort of like um, you know, anticlimactic as they ended those for the future ones and they sure did. I mean, yes, what it a- made sense to end it, but it's just like come on, just give us like a build, like a climax moment. Yeah. They're very anticlimactic, like blackouts. Fade to black. Yeah. You know? They're like moody. It's like, cool. Now we're going to think about what we just said. Which I appreciate. fade to dark. I know. I appreciate it. I get it. And it's like very like arts and artsy and good. But I'm also like, man, I think I've just, I'm so used to a button that is not necessarily like a She-Hulk type uh stinger e thing but just Mm -hmm. just a just a button and they're not very buttoned no but what i will say is i'd have to rewatch some of them but i'm pretty sure most of them if not all of them end on andor like going into the next phase of something so each one of these Mm -hmm. episodes ends on his his face kind of contemplating what happens next or what he needs to do so it's way more like character focused than it is like plot excitement focused which i appreciate but also it also doesn't feel like a button in some ways yeah the first was him well i forgot what the very first was the second one was him just walking across the planet like determined the other one was him on the ship this one was him by the fire by the campsite just trying to get some food in his system before he has to go cram for his exam right um, and I think the first one, let's see, one, two, there's one I'm missing, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, obviously the third ending was great because it was like this beautiful, like symmetry moment in the yes, time yes. jump, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, but aside from the ending, um, this was a great episode. I mean, it's definitely a bridge to our next, like, uh, ac- you know, next activity, not activity. That sounds really lame. Our next, um, sort of plot uh thing set piece that will be this heist um so i get it but of course i'm just like ah man i can't wait till next week totally um this is so good we got some great stuff in this episode we got some great stuff in this episode so a couple of uh easter eggs that i'll start with uh we get a mention of ryloth i was so excited yeah i mean that just got me thinking. I'm like, where's Hera right now? Just just a lot of uh a lot of things were churning when I heard Ryloth. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Ryloth is a Twilic uh uh home planet. Um we got mention of shipments being made to Scarif, which is the final planet in Rogue One where they're put it where the where the Dar- the Death Star plans are being held. You mean um Yoshi Beach or whatever? <laughs> Koopa yeah, Troopa. Koopa Troopa Beach. <laughs> Uh, really nice there. Then we got a mention of Saul Guerrera in passing here. Um, also in the Artifacts Museum, there were some uh, um, not the Artifacts, the Art Museum, the Artifact. What that? Um, it's like a museum shop. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, but like, just the shop. Exit through a gift <laughs> shop. Yeah. So yeah. there was that. Uh, there were some Easter eggs in the background there. Um, and then one that I wasn't sure if it was Nisir or not. He talks about how he fought in a war where they were making us fight against each other. Which I'm assuming is him mentioning the Clone Wars. No. Oh, I didn't. I was trying to. I didn't have time to research that, but I was trying to figure out what that was. 
It must have been the cl- like, but that would imply. But what would clone, that imply? I don't know. That's what would we say it was seventeen years? I don't know if that would have been the Clone Wars. Maybe. I feel like that would have put him on his. Wouldn't that put him on his planet? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still a little wonky because I just haven't sat down and thought about like how old he would have been in all these time frames. Because like, what is he? If he's in his thirties now, mm. even in his twenties. No, if he was in his twenties, and this is like. Not 17. I, so this is like 11 years, 13. I forget. We figured out last. This is either four, 13 years or something. Because um, this is 5 BBY. And Revenge of the Sith, which is the end of the Clone Wars, to um, the A New Hope is what? 17 BBY, we said? 14 BBY? Which would make this like 10, 11 you know, years since um, that. So like, th- there's a possibility that he fought in the end of the Clone Wars as someone who would post being saved from his saved being taken from his planet by fiona shaw there's there's possibility there i think yeah i guess the biggest takeaway unless you like knew what it what specifically it was was that the stage of the galaxy right now is like just really messed up because there's so much deception going on and like there's not enough information about who you know what's really going on and like palpy is is obviously pretty much there pulling strings um palpy's palpin yeah palpy's palpin um so i think more to the point it's just like people don't know what's going on because there's so much like lies deception yeah to quote sagarera um we're gonna get that sagarera it's Ugh, gonna be great i hate that voice <laughs> he's so extra um bogolet uh yeah so i think that's sort of more to the point i mean that's the broad point is just like that this is such a waste of everyone's life and time because the people high up are monsters sure um so wait but but okay so you're get you're jumping around but i really first let's talk about our queen mon mothma that was awesome the whole sequence was fantastic also um skill and cigars guard changing into like his character like to be that person was just like spectacular um spectacular like role playing i know his like his little like flourish in the mirror not not a word just like he needed to get into his his like biodynamics yeah like just (laughs) i love that it was so good i also i just want to say also i have so much nostalgia from the original movies for coruscant that i was very happy to see coruscant yeah coruscant looked great um it's so funny because the show is so practically shot. The you know they're on location for the most part, and there's they've built so much that when yeah. they have to resort to they're like, oh shit, we got to go to Coruscant, which is going to look real fake. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me at all. First of all, it looked no. relatively good, and they yeah. st- they stuck to certain places. But it was nice. It was nice because it's believable when everywhere else around you is is real, and then you go to a place like Coruscant. And I think it kind of works better because I trust I like start to see it as real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like the car wasn't that great, but like it didn't matter. I, I was into it. It go, Yeah, it goes with everything in terms of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, totally. Um, Kyle Solar, um, his character, who I'm blanking on, I think it's like Scram or something. He's got some weird name. Scram, mm-hmm, Scram, Scram. Um, Carp. He... Um, Going down the elevator saw that he doesn't live like at the depths depths of like down in the CD districts, but he lives kind of down. Um, and then best cameo of the episode, the homie Arabella Fig. 
Harry Potter's neighbor showing up as his mom. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Oh, yeah. Arabelle Fig. She's there. She smells like cats. And she's so happy her son is home. She's also in the Hamlet, um, the new one with, uh, uh, no, sorry, Macbeth. The new one with um, Denzel. Denzel. Mm. And she's got like crazy contortion uh, abilities. She's weird. And cool. Uh, anyway, that was just as. That's no, just but, for the Harry Potter fans out there. Sure, but I really like that we're seeing, like, he obviously hasn't, I don't know if she's slapping him because he hasn't been home in a while, he doesn't call, or because he's part of the, associated with the Empire, or if, like, he got fired, or whatever the reason is, but I like us seeing that, like, I like us seeing that aspect of him that's, like, we know where he comes from. Nothing had to be said, but we understand where this character comes from and why he wants to pull out of that. Um, and and overall, the themes of this series are actually pretty aligned with what we're seeing in Rogue One. This idea of like, um, from at least from the Empire, like that idea of like that bu- the bureaucratic themes, the ambition within like they talk about uh, climbing the ladder and all of that stuff. So I, I like that that is all like similar to what Krennic was trying to do by like, r- go, you know, go up the the ladder of the empire. And I love that we're seeing how bureaucratic the security council, like the security is for, for the empire, excuse me. And like all that stuff. And they even straight up say, like that she's here for like we're just giving other opportunities like stay in your place and stuff like that that was a yeah. wild conversation but also like yeah that's something the empire like had no problem saying so okay so while we're on this whole thing so they they talk about how the more uh morlana system is now under imperial authority so the this means that higher up the empire which is the same as the that's the same thing same the empire yeah so they are like this is our jurisdiction now these this is like the fbi taking over from the cops that's my guess or the cia or something higher up i'm still a little unclear about what that planet's role is with the empire but i think that's from what i'm understanding i i would say that that is accurate like they were maybe a contractor or something for the Empire, and now the Empire's like, we're just doing this, and, and you're under our control. I don't know. Because I think my biggest takeaways from, like, the books I've read and just and the animated stuff is that the outer, outer rim, it, they just don't, they, they don't feel as though it's necessarily worth it to, like, put all their resources there, and they clearly have something else that they're building that's a big, bigger deal. Um, so that maybe they have these smaller um, security organizations like this the one that the blue coats are that you know are in places like this which we hadn't seen before until this show which is really cool because we've only just seen like the villains in the gray suits Mm -hmm. with the you know the military uniform so that so but yeah that was my takeaway but then i was confused okay so they're in this meeting and we meet uh dedra or deidra and jerry blevins is there (laughs) Okay. Because <laughs> his name's Bobbin. Yes, yes. Okay, anyway. Um, let's go Mets. So, yeah, or ex-Mets. Um, so she, at first, when they said that the the starship tracker, whatever thing, the thing that... Um, Andor stole. That, yeah. What, who? 
Oh, yeah, the thing that Cassian stole, yes. Um, the, I thought she was like, that she's a plant. Like, I thought that she's a rat and she's working for the rebellion. And she, because she looked like really guilty, but I guess it's because she feels like she's going to get in trouble because she left this part there, but she really wants to go back. So I'm like, did I read that? Or did you read anything there? I Do you didn't. think? I didn't see that. I saw someone who at the end when she's explaining herself a little bit more that she's actually seeing uh, like uh, patterns of behavior in terms of like the theft of those specific things. And she wants to do that. I'm wondering if she is similar to um, Karn or Carp or whatever his name is. Karn, yeah. Uh, I wonder if she is similar to Karn in that like, Karn wants to like build up his own like resume and go through the ladder. Whereas she, maybe she feels like she's a part of something and like wants to do good or whatnot. Because to me at the end, that was a clear, he was clearly commenting on the fact that she's a woman and that like, like it's my other, it's my interpretation of that last scene where it's just like, we're trying new things or, or whatever it is. That's what it seemed like to me. I could be totally wrong. I feel like that would be the first time that, that, gender has come into like discrimination against gender has come into star wars am i wrong about that i mean they hate droids but besides that yes droids and certain species and aliens and humans whatever but i don't i didn't ever i feel like it was the one place where like they just never like they called jedi females sir they called jedi male sir i don't know but what i but I, what you made me just think of is i actually put i'll just call her deidre because it sounds like Deirdre, which is a name that we actually have on our planet. Um, Deirdre uh, and Karn, Kyle Solar's part uh, character, I put them in the same bucket because they clearly have a lot of hopes and dreams. It's just um, focused in on the wrong uh, fight. It's focused in to the wrong end. They should be for the rebellion because they care so much well, I don't know if Deidre cares so much. We just met her. But Kyle Solar, clearly, I want his arc to be that he realizes that the Empire doesn't give a shit about him. And that it, I mean, he, do, he did take a lot of pleasure thinking that he had, like, hurt the people on Ferrix. But maybe it was more that he just wanted to be told he did a good job. And he wants justice for these poor other workers just like him who no one gave a shit about. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that's the arc he's on. Yeah, I also find it fascinating that the two people that are like actually onto the right thread in terms of if you're the Empire and you want to snuff out the rebellion that is coming, like the two people that you're saying, like, just don't follow this lead or don't do this are the ones that are actually like getting the closest to potentially snuffing out the rebellion. So that's that's a fascinating perspective to watch how how did the belt rebellion like build that much under the empire's nose it's because they're so bureaucratic that like you're just it's, things are falling through the cracks because they don't want to do the paperwork or they don't want to they're looking at data like there's a gut instinct there that that the two of them are actually following whether it's for the right reasons or not which is fascinating to watch yeah, because, you know, we that's what we get in Finn later, you know, a defector, basically. Mm -hmm. um, we that The rebellion's filled with people that turned. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, that's always a, that's always a great story for me. Totally. Um, or a great arc for me. So I hope that there's a few of those. Um, so here's my yeah. biggest pet peeve with this episode. Are you telling me that in this Star Wars world... 
there's no direct deposit that the empire doesn't pay people like with a direct deposit to their bank account. You're telling me that the empire pays everybody in like credits and they could like steal the payroll. Like that is insane to me that like every single person who works for the empire gets paid in credits up front and like does not have like some sort of a crazy bank account that like things get direct deposited into. So doesn't Star Wars like not have paper? Isn't that like a thing? Like there's no paper there or knives or something? Oh, is that? I mean, maybe I have to go down to an eight. I'm trying to think of I, any paper. I'm trying to think, but I feel like there's just no paper. So if they have, they're paperless, that definitely means there could be direct deposit. But I feel like they, they have computers and tablets to tell them, hey, don't worry, I have this in my bank account. I did pay you. Or, hey, I'm good for this. Look at my bank account. I don't know. You're right. They've been using those little credits. Those little floppy disks, half floppy disks. It doesn't like, that doesn't fly with me. That doesn't make any sense. But like it is. I what know, it is. but but the but the money's so cool. Then you yeah, don't have you know. Sure, it's just um, wild. And then me. you get to see people like stack it. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. So that's the so okay. So let's talk about the heist for a second. Although I do want to go back to Mon Mothma. Um, can we just talk about her flawless apartment? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's flawless. Like, where who does this woman's hair? She looks incredible. Like, this is the biggest glow-up I've ever seen from Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. She looks the fabulous. Um, she's dressed fabulously. She lives in this gorgeous white apartment. And she has a husband, question mark? Yeah, that was interesting. And I also really liked what they did there. I really liked the idea that, like, some politicians treat this as serious business. And others, it's just like living the high life in Coruscant. It doesn't matter what other people's feelings are or their, their, you know, um, all of that. Like, they're still going to have dinner together. And I, I look forward to that dinner scene, to be totally honest. Um, I hope we get it. Yeah. And I, I just really loved that that whole sequence where she's like, are you kidding me? Like, these people are trying to change everything I've done, but we're, like, still having, like, dinner with them. Like, all of that. I, I love well- that. He's got to go away because he's not in anything I know. And also she has a lot on her plate. So I'm hoping that like this leads to a separation. Um, (laughs) He doesn't seem to be on her level. So, but speaking about her, who I love the scene in the, in the gift shop, the art art gift shop. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, Very smart. She has a new driver. I'm very scared for her right now. Um, yeah, you felt that tension the times. whole scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we know that she will go underground and, like, help with the rebellion, but I don't know that she sticks around in Coruscant much longer. So she might – there might be something that will happen that she – that when she, like, really leaves. Sure. Um, so that's one thing. Um, who do you think she was talking about? My first thought, of course, was Mads, was um, – was the Jin's father. Um, I'm forgetting his name. The scientist, engineer. Ga- Galen Urso. Galen Urso. So that was my first thought. Did you have any thoughts about, because she, remember when she talked about, like, I've got someone. Yeah, I was actually thinking that it wasn't someone in there. It was someone, like, another senator. Oh, interesting. Like a, okay. ba- like a Bail Organa or something like that. That's obvious. That's an obvious one. But it, it would seem that they were already teamed up at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They they should be already. They might. Well, he's definitely with the rebellion by this point. But whether or not they realize that the other is in the rebellion, maybe right. not yet. Right, right, so right. So he's going to bring his cells and she's going to bring her 
rebellion cells. So and maybe they'll make that one big Excel sheet. And they'll make one mitochondria. Yeah. The stem cells. Yeah, the cells. mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, okay. So they'll have two mitochondria. <laughs> anyway. Biology with Joanna and Brian. Yeah. Um so that okay, but I, I like that idea too. So we have two guesses. Um, but I it's gotta be someone. Yeah, I would love to meet a new senator from a different planet. Like, you don't have to just keep giving me the Bail Organa and everything. That's true, but Jimmy Smith wants that bag. Um, Yeah, we'll get him. All right, so that's that. So, okay, so then we wanted to talk next about – oh, right, the direct deposit. So the plan. So first of all, how confident are you that this plan will work? I don't know. This little team of seven will work. With, with uh, my good friend Cuz, Skeet, or whatever his name is, from Bear. Uh, I love him yes. so much. Yes, Um, From the Bear. So anyway, how confident are you that this plan is going to work? Because this is season one of a show that we know is going to go two seasons, I think we said. Um, or three seasons. I forget what we said. Um, I am not confident that this will kind of go off without a hitch. Um I'm wondering if something goes wrong and then Andor is the one to like pull them all out of it and save them so that he kind of builds more street cred uh, through it. Maybe he sees the true horrors of the Empire again, even though he kind of already has seen that um, through his childhood. But I'm wondering if something it's not going to go to plan because this is too early in the 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 seasons. I feel like I feel like something goes wrong earlier on because like as we get towards the end of this, you know, he's got to link up with um Jin and 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 the rest of the rebels. So I'm wondering way down the line at the end of this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a question I have for it for sure. Um, something uh, else that I'm interested in. I was very. He played it so interestingly because I wasn't sure if he was like just like okay, that's a that's the plan. I'll just go with it, or if he actually thought it was pretty clever. Like uh, he's very hesitant, but he also is like pretty inspired by what they're doing there. I think he's inspired by, I think he likes that danger, but he's also skeptical of it. And I think he's super inspired by the fact that they have something and purpose because he's been floating around, but like, he's not like totally admitting it yet. Um, and I, you can kind of, he's doing a wonderful job at conveying the fact that like, he's still cynical, but he's being taken in by these people. It's very interesting. Even just in these, this one episode. Yeah, I feel like he is the one that has to get people to help him. And now he's and 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 he's not sure who we can trust. But then in this position, they're all putting their necks out to trust him. And Mm -hmm. he's in a position where he's like, okay, I guess I don't need to be afraid of you guys. You guys are like really relying on me. So that's kind of a new position for him. But yeah, I got the sense that they when they were showing him like the ship which i think is the same type of or i don't know if it's a ship but whatever it is that he's like well you you drive that or you fly that or you don't really fly that but whatever he said that's where he was like living right those that weird like um it looked like the airplane walkways that they attach to planes when you're like going down the gangplank to like get into the plane oh maybe at the very beginning i look like that um, it could also be the one that they were driving in um that mandalorian episode where they um where they break in to to the place? Um, oh, the, on the prison planet. thing. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Oh, no, oh, not those the prison. Things. Not the prison. Um, when they were breaking in to find, uh, like the fact the factory that was building, they had all that crazy stuff on the back. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was so like I, an episode of Speed. Yeah. So I'm wondering. I don't know. Um, but I'm really excited for the heist, and I love a good heist. And uh, I, I'm 
I, I mean, I just love this show. I'm so into the show. I the great thing about Andor for me is that I'm not looking for Easter eggs. I'm not expecting anyone to walk into frame that like, oh my god, oh my god. Like I am in it for the story and the place that we are in the Star Wars chronology. Like I am very into this show and just how like just how like noir it is in some places, just how um, you know, like drama, like a political drama, like that kind of stuff. I'm like very into all of that. Yeah, I think for the most part, people are. I've read some criticism that people didn't like the, the not that the, they didn't subtitle the language um, of on Canari, and that it was sort of like, you know, um, Fiona Shaw comes and like takes this boy away from his people, and like that that and saves him or whatever but i didn't take that away because he was literally about to be murdered by the ship that was coming but also they presumed that he that leaving him would be would be horrible not a, because he's a child or because just because they thought no one else was there so i i didn't i wasn't offended by any of that but I no. also am not in a position to say that I would be offended. <laughs> sure. I mean, um, I loved that they didn't show the what they were saying because I thought it was conveyed very effectively through their actions and behaviors. Um, but I also, I didn't see it as her saving him. I saw her as her taking the action to take him away. And I think it. I think it's equal because of how lost he feels. I don't think yeah. it's presented as a positive thing. I absolutely don't. But I also don't – I don't think it's presented either way. I think it's presented as a character action as opposed to like good job Fiona Shaw for taking him. I don't – I didn't feel that at all. Um, so that's interesting. Right, on the contrary because now he's looking for his sister like mm-hmm. hardcore and he's like, well, if I had – I mean I don't know if the sister is in the scene. I think that's her, the little girl. That's my the, assumption. Yeah. yeah, so maybe he's like sure would have liked to go say goodbye to her and grab her before you took me away and, and like drugged me. But – I felt I felt like I needed to at least speak for those people who didn't respond well to that, but I yeah, certainly yeah. didn't have a problem with it. Um, yeah, I love the show too. I'm not looking for Easter eggs so much, but I do think that that, that when there's something like Mon Mothma or a Kyber crystal, it's it's sculpted so well into the story that it makes me excited because I feel like if there is even the smallest Easter egg it's going to be sewn in like really beautifully yeah. and purposely, it, the, which is the best kind. Not They're just not, like we're driving through the town and there's a whole bunch of droids that you know from Phantom yes. Menace. Yes, totally. It's the fact that like all of these things are so well built in that none of them feel like a surprise. Because we're dealing in these things, you're expecting to see someone like Mon Mothma. Even if you didn't see the trailers for this, you're expecting to see someone in Sagrar because they are in this corner of the world it's not being forced onto us and pun intended it's not being forced onto us um totally agree with you there yeah and we should say that this episode was written by dan gilroy and that's why i guess that's tony gilroy's brother maybe maybe perhaps. um and directed by susanna white a woman which is wonderful more women directors in star wars mm-hmm. please um yeah but no i i i'm I'm into the show. I mean, I missed Bix this episode. I wonder sure. when we're going to get back to Ferrex because yeah. there's some characters I care about there. Um, yeah, I wonder how they're going to sew join. that back in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, she's got the access to the – she's where all the parts are coming in, and she's where a lot of ships and all this, like, high good equipment that they need. So I'm sure she'll – what I'm hoping is that he'll come back, grab her, and and her, no, her wherewithal and all of her – 
cool gear and bring her to the rebellion. Yeah, I can imagine her not showing up for a while, and he's and someone's like, "Hey, do you know someone who can get us this part?" And he's like, "I know exactly the person." You know what I mean, yeah. like that type of thing. Except for now, it'll be under imperial authority, so it's going to be a little spooky to go back there. But that could be fun. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, should we should we deep dive into She Hulk? Yes, let's talk about She-Hulk. Um, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was great. I think they really sh- it, they're doing they're doing it's a, it's an enjoyable show, I'm having a great time. It's just I I do have to and they're doing a really good job with this, but they did shoot themselves in the foot because now every episode we're just they should have just done the Daredevil thing later or something because right. we're waiting for it. And again, I the wedding thing was like, "Oh, this is inconvenient, isn't it?" So I thought this episode surely would be the one. So I, it's like I'm I'm annoyed that I'm waiting for it now because I wasn't even waiting for it for a while. Yeah, uh, my first note here, uh, I mean, is umbop. But my second note here is Daredevil showing that Daredevil was going to be in this season of She-Hulk really undercut everything that this series is trying to do. You mean in the trailer? In the trailers, it. yeah, yes, like agreed, not teasing agreed. it, not teasing it in the 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 headpiece scene. But like teasing the headpiece, the helmet scene, but teasing that he's going to be in it just to me, just undercut. Like I'm very distracted because I'm waiting for it, but I'm actually really enjoying these episodes. And if I didn't have that extra thing hovering over me, I would have much preferred that, like not knowing and then being surprised by it. Because this episode was delightful and really well written and funny and good. Like at the beginning, I really felt in my gut what she was going to because we've all been through that. We've male or female, we've all been through the not texting you back type of thing. At least, at least in my experience. Um, Mm, sorry, Brian. Yeah, that no, that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I mean, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yes, we've no, all been okay. there. It's fine. It's fine. Um, like I loved their the circle conversation that they had. Like, and I love that you know that Jen scene about how She Hulk is the more popular friend, and that analogy was very effective. Um, uh, again, I I do think that the CG undercut a little bit of what. Tatia Maslany was probably acting in that scene, but that's totally fine because it still came across. Um, I like that her struggles as She-Hulk are not the same that Bruce had as a Hulk. Um, and that she's going through something very different. And it's, you know, an allegory for what people go through just in general, even more on a on a normal um not as like specific as the Hulk could be basis. I really appreciate that. I thought that Tim Roth was a delight in this episode. Um, and we totally predicted the end. Um, we're very, very proud of us, but, um, sure did. Um, yes, I've been waiting for the, her to come to her, like come to Jesus moment. That's like trying to appreciate. Cause this has been the, the dissonance that I've had with this whole show is like, wait a minute. She-Hulk is awesome, but so is Jen. Yeah. And Jen is constantly battling between who she who she is and who the She-Hulk is. And she's cool with being She-Hulk now, but who she can't like she needs to be surrounded by people who like her for both. And it seems like the way that the show is written or portraying it, it's like they still don't know what she wants. And so I don't know. I'm not articulating the articulating this correctly but it just this was first a final episode where i was like finally an episode where i thought that they're at least addressing 
her inner turmoil, I guess, with what like the her best foot forward and mm. who that is, if it's She Hulk or if it's Jen or if it's both. Because again, this whole show, it's like she is She-Hulk and she should be proud of that and she should go on dates as She-Hulk, but they she should also make sure that she goes on the same date as Jen in the same night because she should accept herself in all forms and everyone that she surrounds herself with should too. It, and that's, and that factors into her dating life. Of course, her friends, I think. We, we've established that her friends love her for her and She-Hulk, but yeah, I don't know. There, it was just it's just kind of like weird. I just want that to be ironed out, and I think this episode kind of did that. Yeah, I wonder. So, two things I have to say there. The first thing is, I wonder if this will read better in a full binge of everything as opposed to week to week, because what they what the writers are trying to do is make it like a little bit of sitcommy where they're doing all these like standalone kind of situations. But in the standalone situations, she's her 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 feelings about She-Hulk and who she is as She-Hulk is a constant and it's not always consistent and I'm wondering if that has to do with the how they decided to write this show but I'm wondering if on a binge um it would actually yeah. be a little bit more clear but it definitely feels a little wrinkly agreed it's similar to, to Smart Hulk where it's like now we just get Smart Hulk all the time but I also miss 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 I miss um Bruce sometimes and I um you know obviously like when there's a Bruce? battle human Bruce like yeah. I know that when there's a battle you need the manpower like yeah. you need the, the the hulking but I don't know it's just um and then the fact she works at a place where she has to be Hulk you know that that is fine but anyway there's just a lot I, I'm yeah. I'm sort of trying to find my way through that element of the show but um that was good in this episode my other issue with these another issue I had though with this episode was and I love the dating montage and how that was all done very very great and then it ties in at the end but um i thought that having like we so we see the guy which is done very funnily the guy that shows up at the yurt or at the like the mm. support group who was one of the ones that attacked her in the alley but i really don't know why she just dropped it and didn't say like who are you working for i agree like how do you not say like she saw the Can needle we just or yeah, can we just unpack this yeah, for yeah. a second? <laughs> there was a part of me that thought that she that he was going to delete the Josh phone for her and that he would see who the image of Josh was on her phone potentially. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. But um like, it, yeah, it did seem weird that she didn't continue on with that. Yeah. So that seemed weird um but yes, we did call uh the Hulk hulking is uh our friend Josh is not uh not as nice as we we think. So would was the emoji conversation at the end or the emoji bubble at the end was that like I got it or is that like I'm going to get it? <laughs> Cuz at first I was like does semen count? But then I realized that he she would have it, <laughs> not him. Right. So I mean that doesn't work. <laughs> I thought about that, too. I'm not clear on the details of that. I was thinking, like, maybe the fact that, like, you know, we're going to get graphic here, but the fact that, like, he was inside of her, like, maybe that's how he got it through, like, her secretions or something like that. Yeah. See, I don't think that they would. I don't think they're going there. um, (laughs) But I definitely thought that. I'm wondering if he, like, had a needle and was able to prick her when she was Jen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's sleeping. crazy. I, I can't. We would have had to see her, like, rub her arm or be like, hmm, what's that? Or, like, 
I I don't know. That would have been too convenient. Or that maybe would have been a quarter flip. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And also, like, was he texting hulking or was is he hulking? I think he's hulking. Yeah, so do I. But I just wanted to check with you. I'm I'm leading. I'm under the impression he's hulking, um, and he's one of those like. Well, maybe he's not an actual incel because he like goes out of his house, but he's like one of these redditors that yeah. is 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 bad. But because um, they did the previously on like people like death threats, so I know that he doesn't really care about her. Um, but I was just confused. I think it's important that we know if he has the blood yet or not, and I wasn't sure at the end. So well, if he ghosted her, my assumption is that he has the blood. That's true, because then he wouldn't need her anymore. Mm-hmm. So then maybe, yeah, I'm trying to think, because it would be one thing if we heard that, like, when she transforms, she passes out and you, she won't feel anything. Or when she's drunk as Jen, when she's been drinking as She-Hulk and then turns into Jen, she's, like, she has no pulse and you could stick her with the needle. I don't know. But right. we don't know that she wouldn't wake up to that. And then the photo, I was, at first I was like, oh, God, blackmail? But then I was like, no, because no one's going to be like, She-Hulk, hanging out with that guy, Josh. <gasps> Scandal. Like, she's allowed to have sex. So, yeah. Um, that, to me, yeah. that was him him getting proof that getting he proof. was with her. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, yeah. So, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know where this is going. If it's going to be, I'm assuming there's going to be a confrontation at the end of this show. Um between her and whoever has the blood. I still think that maybe he's not the boss though, because he's telling someone I got it. That's why I was wondering, is he actually hulking or was he texting hulking? Well, I thought hulking can still be an underling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, my thought is that it's someone big and then, and he's just one of the gremlins, but that's gotten the, closest so far. yeah sure fair so um but it's kind of clear that titania is not involved in this and that's just a big old red herring yeah and titania well because i think i've mentioned that there's a picture of um uh there's a picture of mark ruffalo and uh like as like bruce and then mm-hmm. titania together like behind the scenes photo of them so like obviously that like, he's coming back at some point so, like, maybe for a big fight or something like that. I'm fascinated to see how that actually works out. Yeah, or it could be lost footage to this rewrite or this re-sculpt of the show. Mm. But I think you're I think you're probably right. Um, I, yeah, and, and again, is if it wasn't clear at the, I just wanted to say it, if it wasn't clear at the end that he was trying to get her blood, then it definitely was when in the support group, in passing the guy's like or he wanted he he doesn't like you anymore or he just wanted your blood and they just like let that go yeah um, uh, he so was definitely my favorite. want us to know that he was yeah. my favorite that he thinks he's a vampire was amazing saracen matt saracen That's what I that was great i'm and we i haven't had time to look who all these characters are do you know i mean these obviously are all really deep comics people I, I'm, I, I'm i'm unsure I, so I think they're all real far down on a list that's prime, like just uh chef's kiss for a lot of super deep comics fans, because I know that when they were writing the show, there was like a lot of a list of who, you know, they could possibly use and they would have to get it approved. And they were like, okay, you you have 
free reign to use all of these meaningless superheroes that nobody really knows unless they read a lot of comics. So I know that that's all probably so fun for people that got that. Um, And I always love seeing uh, Emil because he's hilarious. Um, But I I do get nervous that he's just going to turn into the abomination like at any moment. He he has me very scared. (laughs) I mean, maybe he helps them at the end and he ends up going back to prison because he went out of his way or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. I'd love to see him help and then be part of, like, the Thunderbolts, officially. Sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. It was a good episode. Can't wait. How many? So this is seven. Two more. How many? Two more. So next week is the penultimate. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get Daredevil next week. I mean, we we need to get him for the finale and the penultimate. I think that, that I, sounds I think perfect. That, I, I agree. Well, nerds, my favorite chicken, Princess Silkfeather, was stuck. But we hope you had as much fun as we did, and we hope you'll join us next time as we discuss the next episodes of Rings of Power and Hot D. As a small universe and a multiverse of other nerd verses, the subscriptions, follows, and reviews are super important for us to grow. So be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the nerdverse pod we thank you so much for listening and following along please keep telling all your nerdy friends about us and remember i'm gonna work on me 